Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 42. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? This is your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. And uh, we have another great show for you today. Uh, an incredible guest. He's just filled with wisdom, uh, over 16 years of experience uh, owning his own restaurant and uh, probably over 20 years of total experience. But anyway, uh, before before we uh, get to the interview, I need to remind you to please connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, Twitter, I'm out there, I'm easy to connect with, and I would love to hear what's going on in your life, so please reach out to me and let me know what you think. Uh, and don't forget that you can find everything we talk about in today's episode by simply going to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 42, and that's for episode 42. It's going to be a long one today, so I'll get to the show, but sometimes these guys, they get started and they're so full of knowledge that I would be uh, not serving you if I didn't let them just go. So enjoy today's show. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Dan Spica. Dan, thanks for being on the show. Oh, my um, pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. I'm just going to give a quick introduction, and then I'll pass it over to you, Dan, to elaborate. So for the past 16 years, today's guest has been doing what he is most passionate about, and that is making people at Del Mar's Speak a Bistro happy. During his stretch as owner and as front-of-house leader, Dan and his restaurant have been acknowledged by numerous awards and have been featured in countless magazines for their excellence. Two of Spica's most recent accomplishments include Wine Spectators, Award of Excellence, as well as 2013 Gold Medallion recipient for Best Neighborhood Restaurant. Dan, I've given a quick introduction. I want to pass it over to you to elaborate. I got started in this business back in high school. Yeah. Uh, no intention of being in the business, but I had torn my knee up playing football and had surgery on it, and I had some time. I was a sophomore in high school. My brother worked at a deli in Pasadena, and I figured I might as well just get a job because I was bored to death. So I went to work at this place, and it was, you know, built like a New York-style deli. Okay. You got to give the customers crap. I mean, it was fun. <laughs> you know, we made sandwiches. We sold stuff. I had a ball. I just, I mean, it was like, this is so much fun. Then we moved out of the area, moved down to San Diego, and, and so I went to work at another deli, and that was just as fun. I mean, it was just a way to do it. I liked being around food. I knew awesome. that. I mean, I grew up Italian, and, and food was an important part of our lives. Yep. So I went away to college at UC Santa Barbara. I was playing rugby up there, and this one steakhouse we used to hang out at Sunday afternoons, one of the guys we played with tended bar, and we'd go in there after our matches, and uh, talked to the owner one day, and I said, hey, give me a job. And he said, okay. And his place, you had to start as a dishwasher. So those, you know, I was a freshman in college. My four years in college, I worked the whole time at this restaurant and did every single job in the restaurant. <laughs> worked my way all the way up, and I just, I just couldn't believe I got paid to do this. <laughs> you know, awesome. was, I mean, I mean, I mean, I just, I, I, I could not think of anything else I'd rather do. 
Uh, so being as smart as I am, when I graduated, the guy said, okay, we're going to open this place. And I said, no, no, no. Restaurant job's how you get through college. You don't do this for a living. Um, <laughs> so I left. <laughs> you know? oh, that's funny. I left what I really loved to go. I had an accounting degree and an economics degree, and I went to work in the business world for 10 years and hated every one of those years. Oh, man, I can totally yeah. understand where you're coming from, but I'll let you finish the story. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to drag it out too long, but it's... But it was important because, you know, you get to this point and you realize that a lot of life is doing what you enjoy. And if mm-hmm. you don't get that pleasure, then it's a waste of time, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Absolutely. So long story short, I was going to be a chef. I, was, I applied to the CCA, the uh, culinary school up in San Francisco. Okay. I, I was going to start in September. I left the brokerage business, uh, went to work in Del Mar at a restaurant as a line cook was a, in my opinion, I'm a great cook. Mm-hmm. I never would have been a good chef. All right. So I uh, left the kitchen, went to the front of the house, and that's where things went, you know, and I was, um, worked eight years for these guys. I had a piece of it and eventually bought this restaurant actually right down the street, uh, which was an old breakfast, old diner, did breakfast and lunch, and we bought it in 98, my then wife, uh, who was a chef. We bought this restaurant and remodeled it, converted it. It opened July 1, 98. Um, and the rest is history, man. We just, we've been there 16 years. We opened a second restaurant in 02, sold that in 08. Did you say 16 or 15 years? Not that uh, we just, July 1 will be 16 years. 16 years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that, if that isn't a testament of success in the industry, I don't know what is time. If you can stay open and keep the doors open for that long, you're doing something right. Um, and it's, it's such a great story. And I love how I say it all the time. And it's so fun to see the background and the history of some of the people I have on the show because I always say that this in, you don't pick this industry, it picks you. And uh, you, you're either cut out for it and you're cut from that cloth or you're not. And uh, I think a lot of people, they say, you know, they work in the industry and they never meant for it to be their career. But that there's just something that it's about this industry and about certain people that attracts and you just can't get away from it. And um, I've, I mean, I can totally relate. Like I was a commercial pilot and I grew up in the restaurant industry. My parents owned a restaurant. They pushed me away from it, but it just draws you back in. There's just something about this industry. And that's what makes people su- successful, I believe, is just being passionate about it. Um, would you agree with that? Oh, I'd have to. Yeah. I, in in, in, in uh, defense of just any industry, you mm-hmm. have to love what you do. And if you love what you do, you'll be successful. And that's what worked for me. I mean, I was doing other jobs. I was doing things I was good at, but I just had zero passion for. Mm-hmm. And and when I walked back into the restaurant business at 32, it was like a natural. And, and, I, and, I, and I went from being a VP of securities for Prudential Securities to a, you know, an $8.50 an hour line cook. <laughs> but and you know, I, I had you were happy work. every day, though, right? Going to work, you're doing what you love. It's a different story. I had so much fun. And then the <laughs> chef at the time, I said, I need to make more money. I mean, I was buried with a kid. And uh, he says, okay, well, we have another restaurant. You can work days there. <laughs> that, was, that was my raise. Awesome. I got to work double. <laughs> I worked lunch at one restaurant and dinner at the other. Yeah, your raise is more time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, that's a great story. Thank you so much for sharing the story with with us. And I just feel like, um, you know, there's just so many things that we can all resonate from that story. And uh, so so many of us, you know, have some so many similarities there but first let me ask are you ready to drop some bombs of knowledge on us that's going to make all of our restaurant dreams just a little bit more unstoppable 
Uh, yeah, I, I can share with you what I have. I don't know if there's if they're if they're bombs, but they, they sure as heck work for me. Uh, Dan, I think you're going to be great. I can't wait to listen to what you're going to share with us. But uh, before we get started, I usually let you kick it off with a success or leadership quote or mantra to kind of get that positive motivational uh, ball rolling. So, what do you have for us today? Okay, okay. So, so he'll be he'll be my first letdown when it comes to bombs. Yeah. Um, I have two that I I tell just pretty much every employee I hire. Um, regardless of what position they're in. And it's, it's, it's I said, this, this ain't brain surgery. And meaning, it's common sense. The mm-hmm. restaurant business is common sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, leads into the other one, is where we kiss ass for a living. You know, we are there to take care of people. It's a service business. And if yeah. you can't get the fact that it's a service business and be comfortable with that, you don't stand a chance in hell of making it in the business. So, yeah, that's a great mantra. Thank you for sharing it with us. The next question I have for you is um, your it factor. Let's let's learn a little, a little bit more about you. What is it about you, your personal characteristics, that contribute to your success? Okay. This is where, and, you know, I hate to think of this, and, and someone just pointed this out to me a couple of years ago, is that we've turned into an, a legend in town. And, I mean, I, I, I forget the fact that we've been around a while. I forget the fact that I've been doing this because I never – stop trying to be better and competing you know i never take it for granted i still think we're like one of the new people in town mm-hmm. and we're not uh, but i think that's an attitude you always have to keep two things that have worked for me a is i am a people pleaser at heart mm-hmm. which leads me back to my other points i like people i like taking care of people i like people enjoying what's going on uh, which really made it difficult when I was a stockbroker because people take their money very seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and if you're not making them money, then you're letting them down and that kind of <laughs> stuff. So going in the restaurant business was perfect for me because it is something I was passionate about. It's something I had control over. Um, I wasn't relying on some other company. It was us. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was down to our service, our product, our you know, space, everything I had control over. So that... Um, with my personality is what really helped. The other thing that I think is highly overlooked in our business, when you see people coming in, you see restaurants opening, and, and you look at why it's such got, it has such a high failure rate, is it's a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a business first, and people forget that. I mean, the restaurant business thinks they're going to serve food, they take grandma's recipe, they're doing pot. It's a business. It's dollars and cents. If you're not making money at it and you don't know where the money's going, you will never survive. And, and both of those, my financial background and then my personality, I think have led to the fact that we're still hanging around. Yeah, you know, I just wrote down some notes here, and uh, you said, you know, you were a legend in town, or you, you like to think you're a legend in town. Um, and I wrote, I underlined in town because so many, so often, sometimes people they think on the grand scheme and they try to go outside of their town. But really, if you're just focused on being a legend right there in your town, and you focus on the town and the people in your town and the community, and you make them happy, they'll do the marketing for you and the advertising for you, and they'll be your you know, brand ambassador. So uh, it's just cool that you you, you have that in town focus. Because uh, really, sometimes people get outside of that, and why? Because you know that's those are the people you want to take care of as your community. I just thought that was really cool. And um, what about you? Said your personality. You said your per- your personality combined with your you know your your desire to please. But what is it about your personality that that you think sets you apart? Uh, I like people. Yeah. I like talking to people. I like making people feel at home. I've looked at I have friends that have restaurants. But the guy I used to work for when I first left the brokerage business, and I was working at this other restaurant in Del Mar. 
he doesn't like people. Mm-hmm. He hated, he loved having me around, and because I was the front guy, I did. You know, I hung out and talked to people. I made them feel at home. I made them want to come in. I made them feel special. Mm-hmm. And and it's really because I, that's how I feel about them. I have. I mean, in this industry, the number of friends you make. Um, I mean, it's just a great. It, it's it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that have crossed my paths over the years. Some are still with us. Some aren't. And you know, and I never would have gotten that sitting behind a desk in an office somewhere. Mm, absolutely. And so that was I needed that. I mean, that makes me who I am. It's funny because I mean, I mean, what comes to my mind is you're likable, and being likable is so important in this industry because really, when you're uh, just so infused with your community. And uh, if people like you, and if you just are, you know, if you live to please and to make other people happy, if you make that your priority, uh, you'll be just fine. And it sounds like that's definitely what's happening and working for you. Combined with your impeccable business background, you are truly unstoppable. So that's all great stuff. Thank you for sharing it all with us. Oh, um, my pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. So the next question I have for you is uh, kind of more of a, you know, I kind of want to get a story out of you with this one, Dan. And Think of a time, maybe at your own restaurant or at another restaurant, where you just had this incredible restaurant experience. And in this industry, we always have these incredible stories and these incredible experiences. But can you share one experience with us that sort of acted as a life lesson for you? Gosh, Eric, um, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there really are. I mean, trying to pin down individual experiences that had a, a moment that really changed things or didn't. Um, I, I like to say it's more of a collection. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorites. Um, yeah, to share with was, us one of your favorite experiences that, and maybe like one takeaway you had from that experience. One of my favorite dining experiences, it was actually fairly recently, it was a couple of years ago at Bottega up in uh, Napa, okay. uh, Michael Chiarello's restaurant. We had, there was probably nine of us. Guys went up for the weekend and, and we started at lunch and, you know, drinking wine and eating. And it was, it was a food trip. Mm-hmm. And so we got to dinner at nine o'clock and we had no intent. I mean, we were full, you know, we had been up in another place and, and we got there and we managed to have all three courses. We got there. Our <laughs> waiter was probably one of the best waiters I have ever, ever had. What was so good about this waiter? He just knew everything. He knew he could listen to us and decide what we wanted. And I mean, there's a point where he wanted us to order grappa after, and I don't drink grappa, and, and all of a sudden he found one that I liked. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're drinking, I mean, we, it was just one of these things where he just made the meal. He added to it. He mm-hmm. added so much to the experience that most of us were talking about him after as opposed to the food, though the food was great. But it was just, it was that kind of difference that I like to think is really the difference in our industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can all serve food, we can all serve drink, and we all carry different wines and do this kind of stuff. And yes, the food is incredibly important, but in my mind, it's the service that makes or breaks the whole deal. So would you, what would you say that key lesson was, if you could break it down into one sentence? Know your deal, know your product, know your people. Don't just go through the motions. You find, and I know in our experience over the years, when you get a server that has been, really doesn't have its head in the game, is his or her head in the game, mm-hmm. it's evident. And that's where you end up having complaints. You have problems. Uh, it's, um, it's so hard, too, because, I mean, you can train these people. You can do everything right and buy the book. But if you just don't have the right person that's just that shares that passion and is just emotionally intelligent, some, I mean, the littlest thing can, uh, if they're having a bad day, can just totally ruin um, the, the name of your restaurant. It's, it's so kind of scary. But, I mean, that's why it's so important to look for these emotionally intelligent people that just have that d- 
desire, like you, to please others. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You, 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 have more, you can lose more customers through your service than you ever will through your food. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, so, that was an incredible story. Like I said, I mean, it's just one of those deals that, you know, in the industry, our, our business, it's multifaceted, and every part is important, um, whether it be the product, the location, the space, um, and the service. But if you have to rank them, I'm putting the service on top. Absolutely. And um, this kind of leads into the, the next question, um, which is on the topic of enlightened hospitality, uh, something I picked up from reading Danny Myers uh, setting the table. And basically what he says is uh, he prioritizes, uh, you know, not only just being hospitable towards your guests, but first being hospitable towards your inner guests or your employees, then your guests, then your community, then your suppliers, and then your investors. Uh, can you think of a time where you um, displayed enlightened hospitality to either an employee or a guest, or maybe you witnessed this happening on in your team. Uh, can you take us down to that you know that moment and share that story with us? The times where I see my staff going above and beyond, where you see somebody that has left something, and and my our our location, our our restaurant is a very unique space where it's it has two buildings. It's got a bad the back building was originally a house, mm-hmm. but there's an upstairs. And there's little offices in front, and there's like five distinct dining areas. So someone left something upstairs on the deck, and the busboy comes running down, and you know, just like with a sweater or whatever it is, and runs out into the street to try and find them. Mm-hmm. And those type of moments, where it's not the norm, you know, it's not doing the normal job, which is incredibly important. It's doing the different things, the things that aren't expected. Mm-hmm. When a staff does the unexpected, I mean, as an owner, you look at that and you can't feel but anything but proud exactly because you yeah. know you hired the right person you know you have the right person and you know they've gone above and beyond to make that guest feel special and bring them back and i think i know having read that you know with danny and, and that type of stuff you're right you know and that comes from the team members up front and if you're treating them correctly then they treat the guests correctly and again that's that's the key to the whole thing yeah, and you know, and you said it. It's it's not doing what's expected, right? It's doing the unexpected. I mean, you can do what's expected perfectly to the T. Like you can have the, the perfect service, but that's expected. So it's not going to be really. It's not going to stand out. But it's when you do the like like you say the unexpected things that really helps you stand out. And uh, it's just being the, the human things, the the caring yeah. things. Um, you have to kind of find those kind of people. I had a great, tremendous compliment. Last fall, I was at a Charger game and a tailgate party where um, it was the birthday of one of my former staff. So we go over, I, you know, we go over to say hi and, and during the tailgate party. And there's a bunch of them. There's different generations of workers, and they're, they all stay together. And mm-hmm. a couple of them came up to me and just said, you know, our family, our social life are people from the restaurant. That's who we've built our lives around, Mm -hmm. you know, the people we have met. And that, you know, you feel so strong about that, that they feel like a family. They Mm -hmm. work together. You you don't have a lot of individuals that are coming in and setting up and doing their, you know, work their tables, do their side work, ignore everybody else, don't help out, and take off. Mm -hmm. We, I tell my employees when, or, you know, when we're hiring somebody, I say you don't have to worry about me figuring out whether you're doing your job or not. I mean, this is like Survivor. They'll vote you off the island if you're not part <laughs> of the team. I mean, and it's true. And I, I let them self-police. They work as a team. 
they people have to be like-minded they want to come in and work hard and and that's what leads to our success all the way down the ladder awesome it, it starts with them that's all great, great advice. The next question I have before we get to the bombs of knowledge are, are is a question I like to ask uh, to kind of get at what your biggest challenge was in this industry, or maybe it's a challenge you're currently having now. So what is that challenge? Okay, the, I think the, the challenge that I had that I have been able to overcome is delegating, mm-hmm. is learning that you can't do it all yourself mm-hmm. because we've all done it all. I mean, it's not like we've come in as a manager or as an owner. We all came in as a busboy or a dishwasher or a server or a cook, whatever it is, and we're used to doing the work. Yeah. And, and, and to let go of that and leverage your time and really empower and trust your, your employees or your management team, that is how you grow and that's how you build a better product. And it took me a long time. What advice do you have for somebody to help? You know, it's, you say it takes you, it took you a long time. Uh, what advice do you have for somebody who maybe is struggling with the same thing of, you know, the same struggle with delegation to kind of expedite their ability to be able to delegate? And I mean, do you have any advice for us to kind of get to that point where we're, we're you know, delegating machine? <laughs> can, you, can you give us any tips? Patience. Yeah. Patience, and you have to, it's like raising a kid. You have to allow the person to fail. Mm-hmm. And you be there to back them up, pick up the pieces, and eventually they learn it. Um, you, you, they, they won't get it right first, so you have to be patient and let them. Um, I, my current general manager right now, I, I tell people if she ever leaves me, I'm selling the place because I'm not going through life without. <laughs> and, uh, and and but she had that issue every time we hired uh, a, a, another manager is letting things go because she can do everything and she was doing everything. And mm-hmm. then the new, the managers we were hiring felt useless and not doing the job. And, and you know what I mean? And yeah. it, it, so it, it was negative impact on them. Plus it was a negative impact on her because she just couldn't do everything. So yeah. delegation is yeah, definitely huge. And, yep. Yeah. So, uh, I actually, I'm going to share, uh, uh, a podcast, uh, Michael Hyatt. There's no secret that I'm a big fan of Michael Hyatt. He has a great uh, episode totally dedicated to the art of delegation. Um, so I'll put that in the show notes. If anybody's interested, you just go there and episode there from Michael Hyatt. So sorry, don't mind me. Just loving to share resources whenever possible. Um, so we're going to jump into the part of the podcast I like to call uh, knowledge bombs. And uh, basically what you're going to do is just drop some big old um, explosions of knowledge all over us. And uh, I can't wait to hear what you have for you. So you, are you ready? <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, let's do this, Dan. Uh, the first question I have for you is on the topic of employee retention. Uh, it's no secret that employee retention is one of the most difficult struggles in the industry. So what advice do you have for us to first find these incredible employees and then to keep them around? Okay. Um, I have always thought, and I was taught this, whether right or wrong, to look at your schedule as the third and the third and the third. You know, your top third is your stars. The middle third is they're either going to become stars or fall away, and your bottom third you're always looking to replace. Mm -hmm. Because, unfortunately, in our business, you can't have a whole team of stars. Yeah. Because you can't have a whole star schedule. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? I mean, there are new people coming in, plus people move through. I know in our restaurant, it's, it's... we have a handful of lifers, uh, but the vast majority of people moving through. So you, 
you put these folks into three groups of your stars and medium stars and not so stars. Uh, what what happens next? Well, at this point, you make sure your stars are getting the schedules they need to pay their bills and be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to keep. You do not want to lose a star. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to really analyze your middle third to figure out who can become a star and or who just is filling a, a need right now mm-hmm. and i mean because it, it, it is it's just the way it is and, and you try and take care of them and then your bottom third you know you, you don't really want them around if they're hurting you but some of them are just newer and learning and you've got to and you've got to really work with them those are the ones you really work with a lot mm-hmm. to decide what direction you're going to go we never stop hiring mm-hmm. we're constantly interviewing yeah there because People come to San Diego. I mean, they're moving from all over the country to get be out by the beach, yeah. you know. And and so we're, there's always good people coming in, so you always have to keep an eye out and then analyze. You never stop analyzing your staff. Uh, so say you have a medium star. What things would you do to bring a medium star up to, like, a top high star? Um, well, it, it still comes in. It, it's in their hands to yeah. prove it. But you give them the opportunities. You mm-hmm. give them the better, some better shifts. You know, you watch them more, and, and you and you work with them. You know, all you know, have the managers or myself if we're there, spend a little extra time watching them, seeing what they need help with, seeing if they are they're fine. They maybe they're serving fine, and they just don't have the drive. Yeah, because I mean, as you you know, the ones that want they're constantly wanting to work and picking up shifts, and then there's the ones you call. I need help, and they go, yeah. oh, I, I can't help you today. I, you know, the surf's up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, and and that tells a lot too. It's yeah. it's outside. It's the outside. It's when you need them, do they come through, and are we a priority for them? If, if we're a priority for them, we make them a priority for us. Absolutely. And I love how you mentioned you, you never stop hiring, and I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't do right is, you know, why keep the door shut? You might have the that, you know, a week where you get, like, a stretch of high stars, like you're the best stars that are looking for jobs, and by having your door shut, you're, you know, taking that opportunity away from yourself. Um you know, you always have to have the door open to, you know, you might have somebody that comes in that, you know, would totally replace a low star. So um, you always got to keep those opportunities there. Uh, yeah, so, and they and they come along. It, yeah. We were doing a remodel about five years ago, and this guy walked in. I mean, we were closed. Yeah. We were closed for a week, and he came crawling through all the mess and came upstairs to our office, and he said, hey, I just moved to town. I'm looking for a job. And we sat and talked, and he's, he's with me now, and he is – probably my number one server and picks up manager chefs so and, you, and he's married to another woman who works as a manager in another restaurant he's a lifer <laughs> this is what he does this is what he wants to do and he's great at it so uh, when, and, when people come to your restaurant and they're looking for work and they say do you or do you ever say we're not hiring or are you always looking to no, see what's out there always take an application kind of make a spot decision quickly you want to spend a couple minutes with them, or I'll give it off to my GM and have her call them and, and go through the interview process and see what she thinks. Great. Um, all awesome stuff. Great bomb of knowledge right there, and I'm sure that's just one of many. The next question I have for you is uh, best restaurant resource. Uh, what is one book, website, magazine, or maybe it's a podcast that you love and would love to uh, pass on to our listeners? Okay, I got the perfect one here. I don't have one. Okay. I don't have one, Eric, and I'll tell you why. why I that? look at everything. Yeah. I look at everything. I look at – now, let me back up a sec. Okay. The way I try and do business is talk to my guests. Mm-hmm. They're the most important resource I have 
on what I should be doing. That's, I mean, so incredibly accurate. Um, I, I mean, I, yeah. Whenever you're opening a restaurant, it always starts, or any any business, you go to the your customer first and you work backwards. So I mean, and, that's what you're doing right now. And we do. We've been doing that. Um, kind of. That's how I built the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, at the restaurant today, where it is 16 years later, is nothing like it was when we opened. Mm-hmm. And it has evolved, and it's evolved because. And we were talking earlier. We we're talking about, uh, you know, our our town, our neighborhood. That's who we cater to. I mean, it's. It all starts with those locals. If you're listening to them, they'll tell you what you want. You just have to be willing to pivot and adapt to their needs, and you'll be all yeah. set. My most successful thing I've done is um, 16 years ago, we'd opened July 1st. Okay. And right in the middle of summer, and I was trying to just come up with anything, any ideas, just to make us stand out a little. And so back then, I got this uh, marketing, you know, merchant ideas from American Express. You know, 50 marketing ideas for restaurants. Okay. They had this little booklet, and one of them was half-price wine. I, I know I don't know about where you're, you are, but out here everyone's doing it now. But I was the first person in San Diego to do that. Oh, wow. And I figured it's not costing me anything to sell one night a week to sell bottles of wine for half-price. We became the wine place in our area, Coastal North County. Awesome. And, and to this day, I mean, we have companies book their things. We do it Tuesdays and Thursdays, and, you know, and we're full. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, in, in winter we're full on a Tuesday, yeah. and it, it was one of those things. So you never know where you're going to find an mm-hmm. idea. So I'd like to look everywhere. If yeah. that makes sense. No, so I don't really have a specific sense. one. I, uh, if anything specific, it's my guests. I, I talk to them as much as I can, and I listen to when they complain as much as I hate hearing it. Well, you and know, it, it, you're the first person on the show to say that your number one resource is your guests, and you know what? Your prop that is probably the number one resource because at the end of the day, it's all about the guest. So I mean, that's an incredibly accurate, uh, useful answer. And I thank you for thinking outside the box and uh, and for being transparent and not giving us a load of BS saying, "Oh, my favorite book is this." I mean, you, yeah, you're very, and that's a very another very common trait of my guests is they're all very transparent and honest. And um, you're pro- you're just going to prove that right now. So all incredible stuff. Let's do this next question, Dan. Uh, the next one I have for you is, uh, what is one trend uh, that is currently like really grabbing your attention? I see. Now here's here's where we go back to what we just talked about. <laughs> I, for my restaurant, for what we do, trends aren't that important. Okay. Um, just for example, okay. Um, so one of the biggest things what's been going on for a little bit is. You know, artisan spirits, craft cocktails, craft yep. beers, right? Um, I'm not a big fan of craft cocktails because it takes too freaking long to make the cocktail. Okay. And I was at a restaurant in Chicago a couple years ago. I was back there for the um, the NRA show. Okay. You know, the restaurant show. Yeah. And we went to this place known for craft cocktails. It took 25 minutes to get a drink. And they t- they warn you, <laughs> you, you, you can't get drunk there. <laughs> oh, man. You know, you, you want to have a few cocktails. And so we are predominantly a neighborhood restaurant yeah we've been built built and built as a neighborhood restaurant and people come there to drink and eat um oh, you yeah. know we're casual fine dining tablecloth dining not tablecloths outside and all this stuff but it takes too long it, it, it messes up service mm-hmm. so we we fake it we do some cocktails with different ingredients but we make it so they're not spending 10 minutes on a cocktail yeah we carry a lot of the artisan spirits but we don't I mean, that's not what we have. It's not like at other restaurants that won't carry your traditional, you know, 
Grey Goose or Belvedere or something. It has to be some artisan spirit. Okay. And, that, and, and so what are you doing? You're pissing off your guests coming in looking for something that they like. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to learn to incorporate some of these trends. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and even for the food, you know, you can't be changing your menu to all of a sudden have all this freaking uh, farm to table, fork to table, this and that. Yeah. You know, it sounds great. It looks great. But if you're building your restaurant on trends, then your restaurant's end, always your changing. Restaurant yeah, exactly. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's a very. I mean, you have to be true to yourself, and that sounds like what you're doing. And um, I think you had mentioned that you, your focus has always been on the community. Um, is that what you said? I think I heard you yeah. say that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's and that's one trend that's never going to go away. So <laughs> if you if you're a very community oriented driven uh, restaurant, I mean, I mean that's that's all incredible advice. Thank you for um, sharing that and for again being completely transparent and honest. Uh, so all right, the next one I have for you, Dan, is uh, there are so many products and services coming into market every day, uh, and it's hard to kind of filter through which one of these services are worth our investment. Um, so can you give us a, a completely objective? Uh, review of a product or service you use at your restaurant, or maybe it's a product and service you use in your own life, like an app or, or an online resource that um, you use as a restaurateur that you'd like to share with us today? Okay, yeah, this one this one was actually easy because I have one that we started with a few months ago. Okay. Um, it's called Hum. All right. H-U-M-M. I don't know if uh, you've seen it or it's No, across. this is new to me, so I'm excited. It's, it's fairly new. And uh, a couple people out here have it. And what happens is at the end of the meal, when the check is presented, you present this little tablet that basically just has four questions. Okay. And the server puts in the table number, uh, his server number, the table number, and hands it to the guests and just said, if, if you have a moment, could you just, you know, answer these questions? And we get an amazing amount of useful information because it's just, you know, it's basically how was your service, uh, you know, rating one to five, food, service, ambiance, you know, some basic stuff. But then the key is the window to type in any additional comments. Okay. And you're able to, as we all know, in today's digital age with uh, Urban Spoon and Yelp and Open Table and all these places where people can review you, the key is to get them before they get there. Mm-hmm. And no. if there's an issue, because there's there's no no one out there, there's not a restaurant out there that doesn't have a you know doesn't occasionally mess up, and the key is to catch those as soon as possible. Yeah, that's so, so important. We just yeah, did so a, this product worked really well. Um, we've learned you know something that you think you might have known or picked up, but we learned you know some we were having problems with a dish, and it, bam, I mean within two weeks we knew. And we were able to fix it, but we probably wouldn't have known otherwise because it wasn't as major a problem. So it probably would have continued on. You know, it wasn't one that where people were going to really complain about, but it may cause them not to yeah. come back or it may cause them to say something to a friend. But those are the kind of things. So Hum, it has been the great, their, their, their dashboard online, the analytics they show you. You can track your servers and really see who's dogging it. I mean, again, we had a problem with one of the servers, and this guy has been around a long time, and, and, and he was, you know, he'd have great ones and then slipping, you know, mm-hmm. and other ones where he wasn't, and it was just an attitude deal. Yeah. So we were able to sit down with him and say, hey, you know, That's what's a, going on? Yeah. Why do you do? You find a little something about your employee and you fix that. So it, it, it's, in today's world, there's a lot of these new products coming out that, that, that 
get information uh, from your guests, tie in with Open Table, tie in, you know, what have you. So, you know, there's a ton of them. You just have to pick and choose. But this one, for me, is probably the best one I've seen. Awesome. And that's why I asked the question because there's so many, like you said, to pick and choose from. It's hard to make the decision. So it's great to get a review from someone like you who's respected in the industry who can give a completely objective um, critique on that service and uh, kind of help us filter through the BS. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And I haven't heard of it yet, so it was hum. And I'll have a show or notes in the show notes episode uh, 42. So just do slash 42, restaurant unstoppable slash 42, and you'll be able to uh, check out that service if it's something you're interested in. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and you know what? I just To me, it seems like you're the master of listening, which is so important because you listen to your, you know, you say you don't follow trends. You kind of just listen, and you don't, um, you don't, you know, read a book to get the answers. You just listen, and then you don't have any crazy products and services. You just have this one that lets you listen, and that, that seems to be the the theme of today's episode, which is really cool. But I just want to point that out. Uh, I, I didn't even think of it like that. No, it's, uh, but it's so valuable. Through. So um, you know, I'm listening to you, and this is what I'm hearing, and it's it's cool stuff. So um, listen, if, if we don't take anything else away from today there's still two more bombs he's going to drop on us but just i hope you're listening Uh, anyway the next question i have is uh, what's your best business advice uh, for somebody getting started in the industry okay i think the number one business advice is to listen no i'm kidding Um, (laughs) but that's way up there is make sure you have a business background Mm -hmm. make sure you understand the numbers make sure you can read financial statements make sure you understand accounting because if you don't You'll never make it, and or you'll never make what you should be making. That's so important. Um, yeah. What about? Is there any tool you use to kind of keep track of these numbers? Um, yeah, I mean, we use QuickBooks. You know, there's there's a lot of them. The QuickBooks is the easiest. Um, they, nowadays, they tie in with a lot of your payroll services if you use them. They tie in with, you know, credit cards. Um, you know, if you use your credit card to pay for stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can you can you can follow all that. But the bottom line is. You can put all the information in there you want, but if you don't know what you're looking at, it doesn't do you any good. I mean, you can pay your bills on time. You can write your checks. You can do those kind of things. But if you don't know how to read the financials mm-hmm. and understand your cash flow, you know, you're screwed. All right, cool. Um, well, great advice. Thank you for sharing that. I guess the last question we have before we wrap it up is, uh, are there any questions I could have asked you that you believe would have provided value to our listeners? One of the biggest one is, why did you get into the business? Okay, why did you get into this business? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we talked about it earlier. It, it resonated with me. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed what I was doing. I had a passion for food and wine, and I also had a passion for taking care of people. So um, notice that Dan that, never says money. <laughs> Wasn't for the, I said notice how Dan never says the money. <laughs> you know, I didn't. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It, it, it's true. I mean, if you're in it for the money, you're in the wrong industry. So <laughs> yeah. play golf more or something <laughs> on pro. But right. uh, no, there's plenty of money to be made in this business. But that's a byproduct of of your passion, and like you just said, right? Yeah. You agree? Yeah. So um, great. Is there anything else you wanted to add to that last little question, or are we good to move? Yeah. You, you, you know, if, if I this is something I'm, when I have friends of mine, parents. Uh, kids want to go to culinary school or someone wants to make a career change. I have someone right now that wants to spend a day with me who I've mm-hmm. known for a long time, and she wants to open a place. Do stuff like that. Talk to people. Get out there. See what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Go to work in a place if you can. It's not all Food Network. It's not all, you know, 
top chefs. It's 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 more you know kitchen nightmares and uh, what's with the other bar show. You know that they, they they're yeah. trying to fix bars. Bar That's the stuff you're dealing with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those are the things you're dealing with. Yeah. It's not. I mean, there's days when you just go, why am I here? Because it's the things that aren't the restaurant business that you have to deal with. There's a reason this industry has if not the highest failure rate or one of the highest failure rates of any startup business around, it's because people don't know what they're getting into. Mm -hmm. It's too easy to get into, and they don't understand what they're getting into, and they lose a lot of money because of it. And, and I hate seeing that. I hate watching someone come up. I also hate watching some of these chefs, or I shouldn't just say chefs, but restaurateurs that open a restaurant and are doing really well and find an incredible need to open three or four more. <laughs> and and watch them go down because they lost what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And and it's not all about, yeah, it takes time. There's uh, someone here in town who is tremendous. She's a great, and she's been doing this a long time, and she just nailed it with the last few years with this concept and is doing unbelievably well. But she had one restaurant for a long time. Mm -hmm. And the people that do well are ones that just don't, push it let it grow let it grow organically mm -hmm. figure out what you're doing if you start to teaching trying to just expand too much you're going to lose it yeah and uh yeah. it kind of reminds me of one of the things that well a lot of the people that i've been paying attention to and studying these people who are successful they do grow and when they grow it's funny they're not trying to open that restaurant by themselves usually that growth is spurred off of them noticing that, that they have a lot of skill in their restaurant and that if they don't give um, a future to these people that have all this skill, they're going to go someplace else. So they provide that someplace else by opening another restaurant. Um, Bingo. Bingo. And, and yeah, that's you nailed it. a very common denominator that I've noticed. And, and that's how you hang on. You, if you, you know, let your, your people know that there's future with you and, and now you're not opening it. You're just investing in somebody else's future and letting them kind of, you know, they're your mentor. E, uh, so to speak, I guess. And I don't want to go on forever, but this, this is your ch time to shine. But would you, anything you want to add to that idea? No, no, Eric, I think you nailed it. I mean, and that's the only way to do it. Because if you're trying to open a place before you have the people, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's hard enough to keep your original store working well, you know, keeping it staffed. And then if you try and, you know, go off and open something else. But if you've got the knowledge and the people and you've got a star right there that just wants to shine and do something, mm -hmm. you give them the opportunity. Because they will go somewhere. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a, um, a joke one of my friends tells me who owns a restaurant, and he, he, he quotes me with the saying, is that there's no good managers in San Diego. <laughs> and, and, and the reason I say that is because the good ones all go off and open their own place. Yeah. You know, they're all off doing something. And that's, you know, that was, it was more of a tongue-in-cheek type comment, but, but that goes to saying what you were just talking about. Yeah. The good ones will find a way to move on, whether it's with you or without you. Absolutely. Dan, you've been so incredibly uh, helpful during this whole interview. Um, your advice has been terrific. Um, this is where I provide you an opportunity to uh, wrap things up by first calling somebody out in the industry. Who's one person that you admire in this industry and somebody maybe you wouldn't mind listening to uh, on the show? So, can you think of anybody? Well, I mean, the, the woman I was just talking about, Tracy Borkham, uh, here in San Diego, is yeah. probably, I mean, I think she's one of the most creative, spot-on restaurant tours there is awesome tracy yeah. look out i might be coming after you pretty soon yeah <laughs> uh, there's a lot of good ones out here but she's uh i just like the way she does business 
and, and, and what have you. So terrific. He's good. And uh, I guess this the last part here is uh, a chance for you to uh, speak to anybody who might be listening. Uh, how can we connect with you? And maybe somebody uh, wants to work at your restaurant and uh, the, how can we find out, um, you know, what, what's the best way to connect and to uh, best way is just go to our website, speakadelmar.com, S-B-I-C-C-A-D-E-L-M-A-R.com. Hit the info button or the contact button, and uh, they go straight to myself and Amanda. If you're in the area and you want a job, mm-hmm. um, we have, like I said, we've been around. We, you know, the people that work there make money. Yeah. And and there's opportunity, and there's always opportunity. And these are the guys you want to work for because they're not going to just uh, give you a job. They're going to give you a learning experience. We're here. Come get us. Or you know, if you're in Del Mar, come out and at least come dine with us. Beautiful. If you're out visiting from anywhere, all right. Well, say hi. Great. Thank you so much, Dan. You've been incredible. Uh, your knowledge has been very helpful, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate the time. Another great episode with another great guest. And uh, typically, this is the part of the show where I recap some of the things that I liked most. Um, but really, everything we talked about today was worth uh, you know taking home with you and applying in your everyday life as a restaurant professional. Um, instead, what I'm going to do today, um, and, and this happens every now and again, I'll be uh, doing my, my personal debrief with my guests and kind of wrapping things up on a, a personal note uh, before I uh, officially hang up with the, these people we interview. And every now and again, they just come out with this this gold, this pure gold gem piece of knowledge. I'm like, where was that during the interview? So um, I think today, instead of doing my own personal wrap-up, I'm just going to share this little conversation that Dan and I had before uh, officially wrapping it up. And, you know, it just kind of goes to show that, uh, and it really resonated with me because uh, this is uh, why I'm here, to share and uh, to help people in our industry. I can't own my own restaurant. I'm not in the position. But that doesn't mean that I can't do everything to uh, serve you and help you uh, with your restaurants. And it kind of, uh, well, just listen. Here it is. It's all recorded. And um, on a personal note, thanks, Dan. Yeah, you were great. I hope you uh, see the value of what I'm trying to create. And I'm sure you do since you're willing to donate so much of your time today. Um so that's cool. So I think it's really great. I like people that are trying to help other people in this industry. Well, that's the you. beauty. I mean, that's one of the beauties of this industry. I was telling someone the other day, uh, not that we were talking about it, is um, we don't compete with each other. This is the beauty of this is people eat every day. So you're not competing for a contract. You're not competing for a one-off deal. I mean, we all work together. I mean, there's, I can't, like anyone, we, we trade emails like, who are you used for this? What service do you have there? We all want each other to succeed. And that's what I love about this industry. I might so. use that. <laughs> I might have to tap that in there. What do you love about the industry? You know, maybe sometimes that happens. I'll just do like I'll be like wrapping up with somebody, and then they just come out with gold. I'm like, where was that in the interview? Um, so maybe yeah, I might have to. I might have to use that one there. That was good stuff. Right? I mean, where was that in the interview? I don't know. I just that I just thought that was a special little moment, um, and just kind of. You know, reset me and reminded me why I'm here and uh, kind of, I guess, uh, helped me 
reunite with my my purpose of why I'm doing this. So I just wanted to share it with you, and I hope you guys appreciate today's show. Uh, don't forget that you can find all the links to everything, all the products, services, books, anything we ever talk about in the show notes. And today's episode is episode 42. So restaurant unstoppable slash 42. Check it out. Get the links. Make the most of this resource. Until next time. Peace out.